Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. Sin blinds us. We never fully understand what we're doing when we sin. It's not that there isn't guilt there. But we justify and we rationalize and we excuse it. Well, you should see the person I'm married to. That's why I did what I did. You should see my circumstances. You could, if you work for the boss I worked for, you do exactly what I did. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see. You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. When we refuse to forgive, we disobey God's command. Unforgiveness is like a cancer that makes us bitter, resentful, and steals our joy. In today's message, Pastor Ed admonishes us to forgive. He also points out that forgiveness does not mean that we are excusing another person's bad behavior. Forgiveness also doesn't mean that we belittle the pain and the hurt that another's offense has caused. It does mean, however, that we keep no record of wrongs, just like our Savior keeps no record of our wrongs. Now here's Pastor Ed with part one of today's message in Luke, chapters 23 and 34, in a series on the subject of forgiveness. Building in faith. The relationship we have with God, we mirror it with others. And what God is teaching us in his word is the way we've been treated by him, we're to treat other people. That's forgiveness. Now keep in mind everything I've said before, all of those different points from Kendall's book, which I think are very good. But it's this idea that you're forgiving people. Now, I like what R.T. Kendall says about forgiveness. Totally forgiving someone doesn't necessarily mean we will want to spend our vacation with them. I like that. But it does mean that we release the bitterness in our hearts concerning what they've done. It's asking God to be merciful to them, asking God to bless them, asking God to help them, and, and wanting them to be recipients of his mercy. It's not wanting every pound of flesh from them. I was thinking of Kyle, and we were praying together I was with Ramsey, his son, and Dagmar, his wife, and there at Vassar Hospital, we prayed around his bed, and we were reflecting on Kael's life. One of the things that impressed me, as a young child, when he was born, his mother died in childbirth, and he was given to an aunt who raised him, and she didn't treat him very well. He would get all the grunt work. He'd go out in the fields. And she treated her children in a very kind and considerate manner. But when it came to him, she just neglected him. Then they stole his land from him. That was a part of his heritage that had been in his family for hundreds and hundreds of years. When he came over to the States, God opened up some doors, he became an engineer, he did well financially. His stepmom who took care of him was in need. He'd send money back regularly to take care of her. He'd send money back to help his um, 
brothers and sisters and, and those who treated him wrongly. He forgave them. Even when the Jews resettled or Israel and he was a Palestinian and when they took his property and his land, did you know that Kail, his father, had prepared and they had built the shepherd's fields where they celebrate the birth of Christ. I've been there to Israel. But his family owned that property and his home overlooked the shepherd's field. And that was all taken from him unjustly, wrongly. But he refused to have a bitter spirit. That's what forgiveness is. You've been wronged, but you refuse to retaliate. T.R.T. Kindle said it this way, confidence towards God is ultimately what total forgiveness is all about. He is the one I want to please at the end of the day. You have it in mind. Someday I'm going to stand before God and I want mercy and I want grace and I want to live my life like Jesus wants me to live life. The very first martyr of the church was Stephen. When Stephen was martyred, there were stones hurled at him. He was bleeding and he was dying and he prayed for those who were persecuting him. He said, don't lay this sin to their charge. God answered that prayer and that Saul was converted and became Paul the Apostle. Saul had stood by and consented to the death of Stephen, but yet Stephen was praying like Jesus prayed. He was praying for those who hurt him. Who in your heart at this moment can the Holy Spirit bring to your mind? There was someone in your life that hurt you. Maybe a husband, a wife, a spiritual leader, a child, a son, a daughter, a parent. But someone along the journey put the knife in the back and the fist in your gut. All of us, all through the journey, are hurt and wounded by people. It's part of life. Romans 12, 19 says this, Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. You and I don't know how to judge people. We don't know the motives of people's hearts. We have to leave it with God. I tend to have the gift of mercy. And I might tend to be too lenient and let people get away with things. I know that. Now, some of you have more of that gift of uh, righteous indignation. <laughs> and, and, no, I'm not saying it in a bad way, but you may tend to go the other way. And so you, here's an infraction of the law, this is what you did. None of us have it all right. Only God does. He is the only one that can judge the hearts of men. And so we simply say, God, here. You know, you see, you hear. I, I put it in your hands. There's always, always, always a high cost of forgiveness. In Isaiah 53, 12, it says, For he bore the sin of many. Our forgiveness cost Jesus suffering and made intercession for transgressors. That's what he was doing on the cross when he prayed, Father, forgive them. 
He was making intercession for sinners. He was praying for you. He was praying for me. He was praying for those who would eventually believe. Like in John 17, he prayed for every future believer, every man and woman who would come into the kingdom and receive him as personal Lord and Savior. He was praying for them. And here he is, he's bearing our sins and he's making intercession. It cost him greatly. It will cost you to forgive. You'll have to humble yourself. You'll have to go against the grain of your fallen nature because we want to retaliate. You have to go against the sense of what you feel is justice. You know, when you correct kids, ever make the mistake and you go on your kids when they were young and they're fighting? Who started this? No, you know. He did. No, she did. It gets into the blame game. It started back in the garden. Adam blamed Eve, Eve blamed the serpent. We're all like that. We don't take responsibility for what we do so very often. We blame our circumstances, we blame our situation, we blame all sorts of things. But what happens is when we recognize that we've sinned against God and we realize that we're guilty of judgment, we want to be merciful to others and it will cost us Sometimes we will feel, God, this isn't just. Forgiveness, mark it down, write it, remember it, is letting others at times off the hook. God, I'm going to leave it with you. You'll take care of them. God, I'm not going to have retaliation inside. God, I'm not going to have a root of bitterness inside. God, I'm going to pray for mercy for them not justice for them. Forgiveness is a choice. It is not a feeling, at least at first, but is rather an act of the will. That's what it is. You don't feel like forgiving some people. Sometimes you want to get them and you want to pound them over the head, you know? You want to shake them and wake them up. I mean, you want to put their picture on the front page of the Poughkeepsie Journal and say, see what they've done. But Forgiveness is, is an act of the will even when you don't feel it. And sometimes it's a process. A precious brother came up to me after the first service. And he had tears in his eyes. And he said, Pastor, thank you for the sermon. And he said, I've had to work on forgiveness. Because my beautiful daughter, 25 years of age, was murdered by her boyfriend. And he said, in the court, he asked me for forgiveness. I couldn't. Forgiveness is a process. And sometimes you have to work through it. And sometimes it just doesn't come right away. But simply going to the place where you say, Lord, I'm willing to be willing to forgive. And as that brother spoke to me, I thought, that's so hard to do. How, how could any of us? It's easier sometimes to forgive what someone does to us than what someone does to our children. Isn't that true? Right? And it's only God that can give you the grace to forgive someone, to release them, to simply say, God, I, I put it at the foot of the cross. I put it at Calvary. I give it to you. So you do it even though you don't feel like doing it, and sometimes you have to do it again and again and again. 
our Lord's explanation. That's the last point uh, I want to share. We looked at our Lord's petition, our Lord's example, and now our Lord's explanation. Well, how does he explain this? Forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Wait a minute, Jesus. How can you say that? I know you're always right, but I don't understand that. Judas sold you for silver. Surely he knew he was doing the wrong thing. I mean, in that kangaroo court where they tried Jesus, surely they knew when they paid bribes for people to be false witnesses, they knew they were doing the wrong thing. Jesus, when they treated you the way they treated you, Pilate knew that he was betraying innocent blood. How could you say they do not know what they're doing? This is what I believe that's referring to. Sin blinds us. We never fully understand what we're doing when we sin. It's not that there isn't guilt there, but we justify and we rationalize and we excuse it. Well, you should see the person I'm married to. That's why I did what I did. You should see my circumstances. You could, if you work for the boss I worked for, you do exactly what I did. You should have seen how they hurt me. What did you want me to do? We justify ourselves. And we really believe what we tell ourselves. We become artists at framing and fabricating the lie. And the worst thing is we believe the lie ourselves. And so what Jesus was saying is sin's blinding impact. It's blinding effect. In 2 Corinthians 4, 4, it says this, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel or the glory of Christ who is the image of God. People are simply blind because of sin. It darkens their understanding. It confuses their mind. It shuts out clarity of thought. But, but, but ignorance is not an excuse. I mean, just try it this coming week. This coming week, run through a few red lights. And then when you're stopped and the police ask you what you did, say, oh, I, I just wasn't paying attention. I didn't realize it was red. Uh, run a stop sign or two. Well, I, I didn't know the stop sign was there. I, I plead ignorance. Ignorance won't get you out of getting a ticket. God doesn't accept our excuses. He doesn't say, because you were ignorant, you're not going to be punished. That's simply not the case. Look at Ezekiel 18.4. Sin's judgment. God will judge sin. For all people are mine to judge. Every single one. God owns it all. He is sovereign. Nobody voted him in office, and nobody will vote him out of office. There'll be no coup to overthrow him. He reigns forever and ever. He's almighty God. And so he makes the rules. And if you don't play by it, there's no other court you can go to. For all people are mine to judge, both parents and children alike. And this is my rule. The person who sins is the one who will die. 
Well, we live in a culture that's changed. It's very different today than it was a century ago. Well, true. But because a culture has become rotten, doesn't mean that God simply overlooks sin and winks at it. Because everybody says it's okay doesn't mean that heaven's standards have changed. Listen to the book. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Do you not know that unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do, do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality. Huh. That's not politically correct. Let's take it out of the book. Well, that's what some churches do. We're not going there. His word stands. <laughs> Revelation 21.8. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexual immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all liars... Their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. That's the death he's talking about. So sin will be paid for. The soul that sinned shall die. What a man sows, he will reap. In the Orthodox Church, when they enter Lent season, they have a tradition. They form a circle, and the congregants in the circle forgive one another. They offer forgiveness to each other. Imagine us forming a circle in our church and offering forgiveness to one another. One another. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. All of us need forgiveness. All of us are saved on one basis alone, the blood of Jesus Christ. The worst crime ever committed was on Calvary. The most just, righteous holy person, loving person, suffered greater than any other person ever suffered. But yet, at the place of the greatest crime was the greatest act of forgiveness, the greatest place of grace that has just come down through the centuries to transform lives. Your place of pain and your place of suffering is often the greatest opportunity to show the greatest forgiveness. There's no one that should be beyond our reach in prayer. What is really hard is when they sin against us. Now, if they sin against my brother, I could pray for them. I could say, Levi, you got to forgive them. Let me pray with you, forgive them. And Levi says, well, thank you, Pastor. But if they sin against me, you know, hey, deacons, let's get together. We've got to pray. Look what's happening. No, we're like that. Because we feel when it's a personal affront, it's much harder. If it's someone else, we know what to tell them. But when it's us, it's harder. I want you to put up the very last quote. Agnes Sanford did a lot with inner healing. Tremendous books and teachings on even physical healing. And the Mayo Clinic talks about how unforgiveness is one of the causes, root causes of depression, one of the root causes of physical sickness. She said, 
as we practice the work of forgiveness, we discover more and more that forgiveness and healing are one. When I forgive, I not only bless others, I bless myself. When I release others, I also release myself. Some people are caught in a prison house of their own memories. They refuse to forgive so-and-so, and so-and-so doesn't even know they've offended them. So day after day, week after week, month after month, they think about how they've been offended, and they remember that. And that person gets to live in their head, rent-free, and stir up their emotions and make them miserable. When you have a root of bitterness, what happens inside is you open the doors wide to the powers of darkness who so readily take up room and residence in the heart of a person who won't forgive. Don't open up a root of bitterness so Satan can get a handle on your life. Forgiveness is one of the hardest things. It costs you, but it's one of the most important things. And it's not always easy. Often it's a process. You forgive that person who hurt you, and then something triggers off the memory in your mind again, and then you have to go to the Lord again and say, Lord, help me to forgive. I give that to you. And it's a process. Some people expect as soon as they've sinned against somebody, they go up to them, forgive me now, you're a Christian. Ooh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, you know. Sometimes a person needs time to process the thing and be able to go to the throne of grace and let God minister and, and, and they have to pray, you know. Um, it's so easy to look at others and tell them how to live. But when it comes to living it out ourselves, it's a completely another story. We need to practice and live in forgiveness. And the best teacher is Jesus Christ. He teaches us from the cross in excruciating pain with people mocking and ridiculing him, turning against him. He prays, Father, forgive them. Not once, but again, Father, forgive them. That's right, again and again. And so there at the cross, you begin to see the first fruits of his prayer. As the Roman centurion said, surely, this must have been the Son of God. And then, on the day of Pentecost, thousands come in who had rejected and crucified some were priests, some were religious leaders. And then again, God's spirit is moving and thousands are coming and being saved. The very ones he prayed for. Father, forgive them. Listen, can you hear? Jesus in the heavenlies, in the holy of holies. I think he's praying a similar prayer for you, and for me. Father, forgive them for not obeying. Forgive them for not serving me as they ought. Forgive them for when they faltered and failed. Father, teach them to pray. 
just like I'm praying, that they'll pray, forgiveness will fill the house of God and it will be a place of grace. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's teaching series entitled Forgiveness. We want to encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and select today's date from the Building in Faith media player. Again, that's buildinginfaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to buildinginfaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There you'll find all the options to share. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Word of God right here on Building in Faith. Your Word Restore